Cause you're hot, then you're cold. You're yes, then you're no. You're in, then you're out. You're up, then you're down. I wonder how many people have decided to try to listen to our podcast. They heard that for the first couple of seconds. <laughs> nope. No, I think I'll listen to This American Life instead, or whatever, This Australian Life, whatever they listen to down. Dr. Phil. Yeah, the Dr. Phil podcast. <laughs> okay, so uh, in order to get ourselves caught up with all you good people in uh, Oz, uh, we skipped an episode. So the episode you saw last night, or maybe a few hours ago, is now the episode we've watched. So we skipped one in which... Some people could cook chicken, and some people could not. <laughs> and uh, somebody got home that we weren't really paying any attention to. Monica. Monica, someone we did not get to know. We didn't get the home life camera, any of that stuff. So she's gone because she couldn't cook a, chick- cook a chicken, apparently. Uh, that, that's kind of it. So, yeah, it was a cook a chicken competition. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> I saw the preview. <laughs> I saw the preview. Okay, now we're at... We have an immunity challenge. Episode uh, 12. 12. Yes. Immunity challenge. That's right. And uh, first of all, we have to have a wardrobe commentary. Um, Matt's pants. They look like two George-sized circus tents. (laughs) And continuing with the circus theme, uh, Nigel was dressed as a penguin. (laughs) Like an angry emperor penguin. (laughs) Yes. Um, So uh, we had a guest. Are you, have you seen the Batman, the penguin? Yes. <laughs> Danny DeVito? Uh, I, wouldn't, I just, I, she had a regal emperor penguin look. Well, like either happy, or. She was happy feet today. Okay. Um, so uh, we had a, a guest, uh, and uh, we start off with uh, Nigella's and Billy's custard, because we had uh, season seven champ pop in today again. Um not really sure what she brought to the table today, though. She was kind of, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I know that after she left MasterChef, Billy, after she won MasterChef 7, she, she took, she did uh, cook in the Fat Duck, Heston Blumenthal's place in uh, London, which I think has traveled around the world. I think it's, it's been in Australia as well. Um, but uh, today, you know. I mean, she did not bring anything. She did not give any solid advice, any... She didn't offer any expertise, just kind of questioned him. I don't, yeah. What I, is he doing? And what's next? She added, like... She you, was very generic. She did know. nothing for... I mean, it reminds me a little bit of in season one. They had, they actually had a, a sort of a fourth person, a host, who, like, repeated all the scores, did the announcements. Um, they got rid of that in season two, but I don't think... She, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know what she added... Um, she looked fantastic. She seemed very nice and pleasant, but, and that kind of gets to like what we're missing in these, uh, uh, immunity challenges is Shannon Bennett. Mm-hmm. It, it was almost, he was so helpful to the chef that had the challenge. Like he would tell them what, you know, and, and God forbid that somebody made a mistake or, or didn't, didn't do what he, if he gave them advice and sometimes they yeah, ignored yeah, I re- it. I remember once someone completely ignored the advice and then crashed and burned yeah that happened more than a few times anyway it's kind of clear that um i think they they did not get they're not getting from billy today what uh what they used to get from shannon bennett and that showed i mean that showed 
Yeah, a lot of mistakes. Um, and decision what to put on the plate and what to leave off. Mm-hmm. I think the guidance or suggestions from Shannon would be, I mean, you would take them more seriously or. Mm-hmm. So I'll just run through the episode and what, what uh, we encountered. First challenge was custard. Now, I mean, there's all kinds of custards. You can do savory, uh, like a, a, a quiche. Or what Simon tried, mostly we get uh, the more sweet version, like the I, inside of an eclair. Or... I did like your idea about Boston cream donut. Yeah, you could make a Boston cream oh. donut or just even some really nice beignets with some beautiful Chantilly and lavender. Um, that was interesting, some of the attempts, but very, str- you know, you don't have to use eggs. And I think all of them went with eggs, and Steph really felt like she had to put eggs at the end because she forgot. Because the purpose of the eggs or, you know, alternatives like gelatin or flour to make a custard is that it gives it a little bit of firmness and like a little bit of a homogenousness. makes it very creamy or even uh, almost solid rather than just something, you know, an unglazed, which is completely runny, which in its, can technically still be a custard. Um, I was actually, when Derek kind of surprised me because when he first described his dish, I thought we were going to get soldiers like French toast which is a wonderful delivery device for, for custards. Um, but uh, Simon really delivered. He did the, uh, he earned his tweezers and uh, delivered a pretty fantastic dish. Though I kind of would be curious to taste the chocolate custard with, with chili that uh, one of, I, I guess, Tessa. our Tessa, our prohibitive favorite. Is she our, our prohibitive favorite? Yeah, See? I mean, she's the s- strongest. She seems to be the strongest of... She's or the mo- in the top, at least. She's definitely, um, I'd say, the the most consistent so far. I mean, uh, but you know, Derek really delivered. I mean, it, it was out of the park. And it was it was. Simon. I'm sorry, <laughs> Simon really delivered. Um, was a delicious and very different dish because he wasn't hitting the same, you know, sweet sugar notes on the palate uh, that everybody else in the kitchen delivered. So and he and, you know because of that he also got to go, he got to go first. Um. Where did he have to go first? Well, usually they give the uh, the, oh, the savory the dish first during the tasting. Yeah. So yeah, he's so he set a very high bar. Um, I did like um, Steph's dish though, because uh, it was sort of a mango sticky rice, but with black rice. Mm-hmm. And it's just too bad her custard didn't work out. I'm not sure it would have been enough. Um, but yeah, you know, the, the problem is that there were only two good dishes, and everyone else seemed to screw up. Like had a serious problem with their dish. They like Tess, they like Simon, but everyone else uh, couldn't, you know, just couldn't pull off a decent custard. But uh, Simon, now here's here's something we could talk about: is that Simon comes, and this has been a situation in the past where you've got somebody who's very strong, and part of the reason they're so strong is because they've got uh, a, a history in an adjacent field. Well, he's a bartender. Uh, a mixologist is mixologist. we would call him. Maybe. Sure. But uh, you've got folks who have history working in restaurants. Although, I mean, you will you can't qualify if you're a, have a history of cooking professionally, right? Yes. But Billy, who's actually there today, she was a restaurant manager before. Yeah, she and there are a few. Or waiters or waitstaff, and uh, that's that's pretty close. I mean, we it have seems a like restaurant be... manager now. Who is that? Um, who was it, Larissa? Mm-hmm. And bar manager Blake. Uh huh. And Tim also is a cooking and gardening educator. That's that's awfully. Yeah. Oh, and well, who does gone? But she was a dietitian. Oh, that, that that's a bit different. I mean, eh, 
but it's, they're, they're somewhat adjacent. I mean, I guess you have to draw a line somewhere because you can't have professional chefs rolling in there. If you draw the line here, you're always going to have people bumping up against it. But I, I get the sense that it does give you a, a little bit of an advantage. And we've seen that in MasterChef uh, United States where uh, restaurant managers have, have won. Um, but uh, anyway, so he, so the, the uh, final competition against the professional chef was against a uh, Turk, uh, somebody that they said he ran a one-hander restaurant. Yeah, Tulum. Yeah, in Melbourne. That means he's the only guy there running the whole show. Do you do you remember being in Singapore and looking at those little single restaurants where? Uh, where you um, there's just one chef and it's a tiny little box and there are all these people cooking yes. around them. Maybe you don't remember. We definitely walked through them when we were looking for that. There's a, Mich- a three Michelin star restaurant like that in Singapore, but just the idea of having to run a restaurant all by yourself. I wonder who's run- who ran it the day he went up to do MasterChef. Did he shut down for the day? Maybe. Maybe. Well, somebody's not very talkative today. Um... But I'm just fascinated by the whole idea of having a one-handed restaurant um, and having it being so well-regarded. Uh, I, I think that uh, obviously the problem for Simon was that he didn't make a proper... He, the confit didn't come out well. Um, well. So let's say what he chose. He chose peas, garlic, onions, duck, and... Bay leaf. Bay leaf. Pretty, pretty safe choices there. And he didn't go on offense by picking stuff that he knew that the his opponent probably didn't have a lot of experience with, something that's definitely not Turkish, like a pork product, right? So those are very um, very accessible ingredients, and it seems like he had it in his head to do the confit leg and then a, you know, a really nice uh, duck breast. He seemed to do the duck breast fine, but the confit, usually, I mean, you can cook a confit in olive oil, which is what he did. He made the, he got it going with his uh, aromatics and other flavors in the oil, but t- standard, uh, typically, a confit means cooked in duck fat, so you would have had to cut a bunch of fat off the duck, render that down, and then cook the leg in it, which is how I've made confits myself in the past. Yeah, but it's the 75 minutes. Yep. And it's challenging to do. Still not, yeah, because ordinarily when you do that, you don't have to render your own duck fat. You just buy it, and it's there. It's ready to go. And it melts very quickly, but you know, off the bird, it probably wouldn't break down so fast. So he made the, uh, the old conundrum, leave it on the plate, leave it off the plate. And it seems he chose wrong. Do you think he would have won if he had left it off? No, I mean, he would have come closer. He would have come closer, but that's about it. Yeah. I've, he was a, I mean, it was a, I would say a landslide win. And I think they were kind by giving the nines and sixes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was no point of scrutinizing Simon any further. Yeah. But you could see the difference so my issue here is again they say they're blind tasting it but you know by plating which one is professional which one is not so it's not i mean it's not really a blind tasting well they They know immediately which one is which look if if one dish is going to be all screwed up they'll probably guess it was the contestant and not the professional chef especially one that runs a whole restaurant by himself yeah, but when you look at the dish visually, even not uh, taste it, but, can you or can you not immediately tell most cases? Uh, well, in the past, um, some have late come season close, they come they catch up, and we saw it in the one uh, opportunity or in uh, Tessa's challenge 
It was very hard where she actually got the, the pin, where it's very hard to tell. With the pork, yeah. Well, yeah, where it was the, uh, and her opponent cooked like a bowl of fish. Yeah, yeah, the orange The orange the... challenge, yeah. Um, it came close, and the thing, and, and it's also something the judges comment on is that as the season goes on, they get better. They're supposed, they have to improve. And yeah, but the, is it really, the, the question is, is it really blind challenge at this point? Well, if somebody completely screws up, the assumption is that it's going to be the contestant, and therefore it's not blind. But it, it is, it's blind. It's as blind as it can be. Well, I think they should make it double blind and someone else played it. But plating is part of the cook. Hmm. Well, you, then you they taste it to... first with your eyes. Sure. It's part. It's part of the process. And it, look. But it's not blind. I mean, they know. Well, it's they clear, but they, they don't. They only know because they know historically the one most likely to screw up is. But they also know the contestants. As the time goes on, they get to know the contestants and the flavors they like. But they work. also know the chefs. They've usually eaten at their restaurants. So okay, fair enough. Restaurant. Fair enough. We will agree to disagree. <laughs> okay. Okay, so yeah. Uh, long story short, um, Simon crashed and burned. He will not have the opportunity to piss away <laughs> his immunity pin like everyone else did on the show. The, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, um, Yeah. I've got a cooking a, a challenge against everybody. I'll use the pin. I'll be on the safe side. Send me up to the gantry. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that's it for this episode. Um, thanks for joining us. Please, what, like? No. How do you say it? Yeah. Write us a review. It really helps new listeners find us. Yes. And give us five stars. Yes. All of that. All of that jazz. All that jazz. And, oh, ref- share us on Facebook. Um, insist that all of your close friends and family members listen to us. Um, or not. Uh, Goodbye. XOXO.